John chapter 4, a story that everybody knows, the Samaritan woman. I, I even failed to mention this this morning. Um, I guess I, I just don't like making things about me anyway, but um, we were thinking maybe two or four would come down for the funeral last week. And I think Cammy counted, was it 38 that you counted? Um, just, just blew us away. Uh, none of them needed to make that trip. It's not a fun trip. Um, it's two and, a, two and a half hours from my house, and there are 12 or 13 changes of speed limits. So it's an income-producing road. Uh, and it's just, it's just aggravating, but many of you came down. My mother told me as of yesterday morning, I think it was still morning when I called her, that she'd received 92 cards. And she's, she's just blown away. So thank you. Again, if you didn't send a card, that's fine. I don't send cards to everybody. Um, this, this is, you already do good. You do good to so many people. I guess what I'm really trying to say is I try to bless Fourth Avenue, but you always outbless me. You always pour back more to me than I can possibly get. So um, cut it out. John chapter 4, uh, starting verse 1. Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. He's trying not to, they're trying to, to do this whole, all right, who's in charge here, who's the leader? Jesus in humility withdraws from the question and just, no, I'm, we're not going to play that game. And I love the next phrase, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4. Now he had to go to Samar- through Samaria. Here's the thing. Geographically, he didn't. Because uh, Jews didn't. Judea over here and Galilee over there. Now Samaria is in the middle. What are you going to do? Jews felt that God did not like the Samaritans. Samaritans, that they, they were the worst of the worst. So, Jews would not even put dust on their feet from Samaria. They would not eat in Samaria. They would not drink in Samaria. And they certainly wouldn't hang out with Samaritans. So, they went all the way around it. Now, and it required an elevation change that, that's quite dramatic. Do you know how much that elevation change is? The Hewitts were there. Uh, and Albert, do you, do you know? It's quite an elevation change. I mean, it's a lot of work. Over 3,000 feet. Excellent. Um, So, Jesus, though, had to go through Samaria. Why? I think all of us know where this is going. And you've heard me tell this story before, because it's one of my favorite stories. There is a, um, a, a drive in Jesus to bless those who are not blessed. To reach those that are despised. And especially, to reach out to those that are despised in the name of being faithful to God. Jews thought God needed them to show their rejection and disapproval of the Samaritans. By the way, you will not hear me say this very often, but Wikipedia actually has a really good uh, entry on Samaritans. It is um, not without controversy, but a ton of footnotes if you want further writings. There still are some Samaritans today but they are vanishing. They've always been a minority group. They've always been shunted to the side, not accepted by those around them. Um, and, and again, I don't want to get off into that. Just say this. Um, 
there are Christians today that will go on Twitter, in particular, sometimes Facebook, but Twitter seems made for this. And they will announce their disapproval of this person or that action. And others will chime in, yes, yes, we disapprove as well. Nobody has ever had their mind changed on Twitter. All you're doing is you're throwing it up there so that everybody knows you're in the right place here, buddy. We disapprove of all the stuff you disapprove of. And it's sad. It is. Uh, I couldn't help but put it up this morning. I put, I, you know, I love all these Bible verses being quoted on Twitter. If only there was a collection of them all in one place in a convenient, portable form. Because people aren't reading their Bibles. They're grabbing it out of context. Those of you that are not, not following with me. The, uh, Jesus had to go into Samaria because... Well, he had work to do. He had work to do. Let's watch him. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. All of these are important facts. You need to know all of these. All right? He comes to the town, he, he, is, he has to go to Samaria, and he heads towards Sychar. There was a small settlement there, but it was mainly a ruin at this time. There had been an internecine war, about a hundred years before, that had wiped out that town. And so only the poorest of the poor, and what we would call homeless, living under bridges, that sort of people lived there. Jesus is heading there. We do not get to see the apostles' faces, but I would have liked to because Jesus just starts going this way and, and you can almost see them going. Nobody wants to say, uh, don't you know we're not allowed to do that because it's Jesus, but nobody's happy. I can guarantee you they're not happy. He comes to this village, which is a bit ruined, there is a well there, Jacob's well. At that time, uh, I talked to an archaeologist that told me at that time, the water was probably down at least 80 feet and perhaps 130 feet. That's important because it means you're going to carry a lot of rope to get there. Um, you, there were wells in uh, populated areas that had ropes, but this probably didn't. It was probably not safe to leave your rope here. But we're having to do a lot of probabilities, and I get that. It is Jacob's well that will come into play. Sir? That's right. That's right. Uh, Joseph's bones were, were buried there. So the Samaritans, and, and that is important because... In the Middle East, territory and religion is very closely tied. And therefore, this is our territory, and we hold this territory. Um, two weeks ago, was it, or last week, the um, head of Turkey, Erdogan, it looks like Erdogan, but it's pronounced Erdogan, uh, announced that he is, he's going to turn one of the oldest churches there, the, uh, the Hagia Sophia, to, um, which is, means in the honor of Saint Sophie or wisdom, uh, into a mosque. And you think of um, the, the Dome of the Rock, where they took an old church and made it a mosque. 
And if you ever go in, and some of you that have been there know this, you go into these holy places, and each group has their part of the room. And you, can't, you cannot walk on this part unless you're with this group. And it, it's just awful. But that's all very important here. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, stop. What time of day? 12 o'clock. Noon. You don't go get water at noon. It's too hot. You get water in the morning and in the evening. Second, how many women came? One. Does that send off a bell? Women don't do anything in ones. You know, um, men, well, for example, we've, we've been in an office, all of us way up here, and for the last three months, the only bathroom that works is over here. It's not really a bathroom, but that's what they call it in America. Restroom, we don't rest there either. Uh, except one of the workers. He's always in there. He really is. He's always in there with the stall door closed. And I'm going, he's just checking his phone all day is what he's doing. You know, I, I, there are a couple times I want to go, are you dead? But I didn't because um, I'm a nice guy. Sweet, just sweetness. Um, anyway, and one of the expressions I'll use is I say, well, I'm going on a trip to a far country. And everybody knows what's going on, Right. The women, it's, you know, they grab purses and stuff. Like, we're going to look through them. And, you know, we're not, again. And so they, the, but they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm going, you know, and, and go, a little group goes, right? Women went in groups because it's not safe to be alone in a male-dominated, no-law enforcement area. No law enforcement. No civil rights. No police force. A woman on her own? Mm-mm. No. In the Middle East today, watch Muslim countries, or there's only one that's non, not a Muslim country, Israel, and you'll see women in groups because it's still the safest way to be, be in a group. She's on her own. So what does that tell you about this woman? And I'm going to stop right here and just let you know that there are people that are now trying to change this story. And... Some of them are my friends, and they, they argue vociferously that this woman was a woman of great standing in the community. And I'm going, no, you cannot get that in this. First of all, she lives in Sikhar. Uh, second, she, she's on her own. You, you just can't get this. So here, let's follow. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? This is as profound as the angels announcing at the birth of Jesus, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Because in this time, to eat or drink with somebody was to accept them. And he's saying, are you willing to accept me? Instead of going, oh, that's a Samaritan woman there. I don't care what she cares about. Um, it's kind of like, uh, wasn't that an amazing devotion this morning around the Lord's Supper? Yes, amen. That was just amazing. Uh, yes. Well, let me finish that. Instead of, you know, he was saying, will you look at me? Will you accept me? I've come to you. All right, now. Yeah, Joe Beam used to preach here, yeah.
And I, yes, if you're not able to hear, he's talking about uh, when Joe Beam taught a class on human sexuality, a student decided to test him, saying he was gay, and will you accept me? Uh, you know, I struggle against those desires, and uh, Joe Beam said, well, I'm heterosexual, will you accept me? I struggle with those desires. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. But here's the, here's the creator of the universe saying, are you willing to share water with me? Which means we are together. If you've never read it, it is, it's worth a read. It's, it's a bit brutal in bits. Marcus Luttrell wrote the book Lone Survivor uh, at least a decade ago. He was the surviving, only surviving seal of his team. Uh, an amazing an account. Part of it shows you this in action because he drug himself in and they, the people found him, broken bones everywhere. He was dragging himself an inch and two inches at a time a long way. I mean, the, just, uh, these, these, where do we find these people? When they found him, they were very upset because their rules are, if we find you, we have to care for you. But if we care for you, we are always responsible for you. And so they brought him into a hut, and they worked on him, gave him food and water, and he could hear them arguing all around the hut. Do you understand what you have done? You have fed him. You gave him water. And then the Taliban comes, searching for him. And they want him, and the village elders say, you know we can't give him to you. We gave him water and food. He ate here. And they wouldn't give him. Later on, they actually had to sneak him out and say, best of luck, because they knew they could not keep the Taliban away forever. I don't blame them. I don't blame them for that. They, they did what they could and, and went beyond. But that's the rule there. So Jesus is asking not just, hey, I'm thirsty. He is asking, will you fellowship me as an equal? That's the staggering bet here. If it's Joe Beam and the student, or me and you, it's sinner to sinner. But here's God saying, will you accept me as your equal? Can we sit down here together and have a discussion? That is just, and people just read past it. Don't read fast. Read other stuff fast. Don't read this fast. Think about it. It's, it's a, the Bible seems awfully long, but man, is it remarkably compact for all it's covering. It really is. First 11 chapters of Genesis covers most of the history of mankind. And you're going, well, that was the cliff notes. You know, um, I'd like to have known more detail about all those years. Anyway, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. They, they're going to have to be elsewhere. They're going to be struggling with all this. By the way, I don't think they went into Sikar. I don't think they would have done that. Regardless, they probably passed this woman coming in. And because they were Jews, and again, we are pro-Jew here. We're not being anti-Semitic. But because they were Jews, that culture would mean to show God I am faithful, I must disapprove of this person. They probably would have pulled their robes away in a show of purity, they may have made comments to her. Because they did. People like that in those days, that they felt that's what God wanted. And then 
she shows up and there's a Jew sitting beside her. her you know, she may not know he's a rabbi at this stage, but she knows, oh, please, you know, her day's already bad. There's nothing about her life that's good. So she even says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And what's the other qualifier here? Woman. All right, we're breaking every rule. You do, if, um, if you're ever in the Middle East, in a Muslim country, you have to be very, very careful about how you approach people, especially if you are male and they're female or if you're female and they're male. There are very strict rules. Uh, in places like Saudi Arabia, there are religious police roaming the area to make sure these rules are enforced. They'll beat you in public. And as um, I follow some people out of Iran on Twitter, I also follow an imam who is an Iranian-born, raised, and educated imam who has written a book called The Tragedy of Islam and that how it was hijacked and turned into something else. And, and I'm reading that book now. But you, every now and then you'll see a video that they're putting up where a woman decides to take off her um, hijab or uh, her burqa just a bit and other women will start beating her because they have to show we're faithful. If they, show, if they don't, they may get beaten and stoned and whipped by the, the, um, the police. And yes, a woman that took hers off uh, was last week sentenced to, uh, I think it was 20 years in prison and 147 lashes. Um, we need to understand the world's a dangerous place and we need to keep our eyes open and our faith going. That's, that's what's going on right here. It's a woman and a man, and they're alone. That'll get you killed, even today, in many places. Or at least a woman killed. And yes, I know how awful and out of balance that is. Um, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? You know, what, what are you asking me to do? Her life's already awful. Now you're asking her to put herself in danger with her community. And a little parenthetical, for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. By the way, most scholars believe that that was written in the margins by a copyist and it worked its way in. Doesn't matter. It's still good. Jesus, yes, yes. Such as it is. Her community, such as it is. Her community, such as it is, yes. You're exactly right. There are not very many people who care anything about it, but that's the thing about people who have nothing to lose. They're afraid of losing that too. They will grasp even more. Um, boy, a lot of thoughts just popped in, but I want to stick with this for right now. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, Jesus could be a little obtuse sometimes, but you've got to understand that the Semitic way of phrasing things is so not us. Have you ever tried to read an English translation of the Quran? Very confusing. Very confusing. And if you think that's confusing, and it is, you ought to try to read the Hadith or the collected sayings of Muhammad. It's like, that makes zero sense. Well, the way they think is very, very different. There's no word-for-word -word translation. There are concepts and cultural histories. And so Jesus is not being as obtuse to her 
as he is being to us right now because she's closer to him linguistically and culturally than we are. We're the ones got to work. So, Albert, help me out here. I am... Um, ten, ten words, ten words written by the finger of God on two stones and look what all has been said about them. They're called the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yes, yeah. Take, I mean, help me out here because... I get what he's saying to her, but when he says, if you knew the gift of God, I can only assume what he's meaning is, if you knew the opportunity. Is that what, is that what I'm, so I'm on the right track. Okay. That is correct, yes. If you knew the opportunity I am offering you, if you understood what's about to happen if you say yes, that's what I'm looking for. He would have given you living water. Now, she doesn't quite understand what he's going for here. He's using water as a metaphor for life, for the rest of your life will be changed, and you, the, this will be better. He looks at her. Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. You don't, you don't, have, a, you don't have a rope. How are you going to give me water? And where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? You see, here it is. It's a family problem. It's a family fight. They believed they were the ones being faithful to God and that the Jews were not. They had fewer books than the Jews did. They believed the Jews had added too much there. They, um, they believed, and there are some who say Samaritans are those that were left behind when the Jews were taken into captivity. Kind of right. And they intermarried with the local populace, therefore they were a mixed-race people. Everybody's mixed-race people. Everybody. So that wasn't quite it. The Samaritans didn't go into captivity for some reason. And when the Jews came back, the Samaritans were still living there. And the Jews no longer considered them part of them. You didn't go to with us. We're back here. And they, they'd kicked them out of their land. Property is everything. Did you see the riots yesterday in Gaza? Everything is about land. Everything is about holding land. Um, the, and she goes, she's going, we're the faithful ones. You're going to see that again in here in a little bit when she asks him where to worship. You know, we're the ones that have this right. Anybody ever been in a church that had that attitude? <laughs> I've heard of them. We all grew up in them. We all grew up in them. Um, if you knew, Patrick, there's please. A, there's an interesting thing here that the Jews that Nebuchadnezzar left there, the poorest ones. Okay, can I ask you to slow down a little bit? Because I'm not hearing real well. Are you hearing all right? Okay. All right. The, uh, the situation there with population was that, they, that, Nebu that Nebuchadnezzar did not take all the Jews. Right. That's right. And the ones he left were the poorest and they had mingled with a culture. Now, see, Herod was a half-blood Jew. Yes, he was. And those, those Samaritans and the ones who came back out of captivity thought they were full-blood Jews. Mm -hmm. And so this was a 500-year in the making, yes, and it, it was, was serious. It was absolutely. The prejudice was. Yes, sir. Absolutely serious. You are absolutely right. Thank you. Your mind moves faster than I can hear. So, <laughs> 
I had a teacher like you once in, in, in university, and somebody asked me to describe him, and I said, if you drop your pencil, drop the course. You will never catch up. Uh, that's, uh, but you, when, you, when you've learned all your life, you've got stuff to tell us, and we, we love you dearly. Um, where can you get this? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? Why is that important? Oh, please, we do that, don't we? George Washington slept here, this, that, and the other, you know, this holy place. But magnify that by 10,000 times because that is such a huge part of their culture. That's why I don't have a solution to the Israel-Palestine issue because when the world finally said we cannot let the Holocaust happen again, we got to give the Jews a safe homeland they returned them back to where the Jews had come from a long time ago, but there was somebody else there, the Palestinians. And they were moved out. Um, the British tried to not move them out for a while, and so both sides blew up the British. And by the way, so did you, it's good enough. Um, they, uh, one of the problems was that British caused, because people like Churchill sat around and drew lines on a map and said, this belongs to you, this belongs to you. No, that's not the way it works. And the fight over land and who is, uh, it's just, it's huge. He drank here. And, and so did his sons and his livestock. I'm not really sure why she brought the livestock in. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water from another time. Just keep. By the way, there is a song by that title by the great uh, folk singer and songwriter John McCutcheon, if ever you want to look for that. And he actually talks about the well and the pump. Um, but it's a great song. Moving back to here. Has, um, is Jesus purposely trying to confuse this woman? No, this is the way they talk. I've got an offer for you that if I give it to you, you're never going to need anything else. Just like Jesus in John, in John 13, you just saw there, he knew who he was, so he didn't have to have place at the table. He didn't have to have honor and position because he knew who he was. This is a really poor example of this, but do you remember back in the 70s, everybody was all about kung fu and karate, right? And it was a big thing, right? Um, I actually got to meet one of these guys. It was like 10th Don, which means, you know, you go to Black Belt and you went 10 higher, you know, one of these master guys. And it's, we didn't hang out, but he came to a place where I was. Was probably the nicest, quietest, sweetest person in that room. He didn't have to prove anything. He wasn't like a gym rat that's going, look at that, you know, sweating. no. Very, very humble, very soft-spoken, because he didn't have to prove anything. Jesus is open to this discussion because he doesn't have to prove anything. And he's saying, listen, I got something for you. He's come hunting this woman. I don't know what your life has been like. I, I, I don't. And you could even tell me what your life has been like, and I wouldn't know. Why? Because I'm filtering it through me and my experiences, Right? Jesus does. 
And every now and then I'll hear people saying, I don't know that God can forgive me. Really? Who do you think you are? That you're so horrible that you, you trump God's grace and love. He'll hunt you. One of the, one of the great English poets, and I, I really need to look this up because I always say I'm going to, then forget to. I believe it was Alexander Pope, um, and he wasn't a pope, that's just last name. Uh, who called the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven. You've heard that expression, haven't you, Albert? And several of you are nodding. Uh, do you know the poet? Um, I'm guessing. Remind me and we'll look it up, because somebody did. And he wasn't being disrespectful. The hound is the one that goes on the hunt, on the trail. And I have used that phrasing before, when I, I want God to find a particular person, reach a particular heart, Ask God to send the hound of heaven. Who did? Francis Thompson. So I was wrong. Do you have a years there? Eighteen ninety-three. So it's much later than I expected as well. Thank you, thank you. Nothing like showing up to teacher. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we want we want information, don't we? We want. <laughs> That's a, I don't have a smartphone, I have a remedial phone. No, no, it's a, it's a smartphone, I'm a remedial person. Um, the woman said to her, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. It is very possible she was being sarcastic here because she knows he's not talking about water, water. Because the way the language works. Or it could be that she is engaging in argument and exchange, which was the highest form of entertainment of the day. You would, you would gather to have a new argument and the way it would be played back and forth. That, and, and we still do, we call it Twitter. But, um, it, or we call it like CNN, Fox News, all that sort of thing. But the, the whole thing is, the argument is, is, that, is, is the greatest form of entertainment. It's verbal combat, it's philosophical combat. Uh, I don't wanna ascribe to her any bad motives here. But Jesus pulls a standard trick. And that is if you can know something about the person you're arguing about, you can slip something in to unbalance them. So he says, go get, go get your husband and I'll tell him. Now, was he being disrespectful to a woman? No, in the Middle East, that would have sounded like, I would like to help you, but we need to do this properly. We need to do this in a way that gives you safety, me safety, we're all covered. I know this sounds stupid. Jesus is so smart. Like he, just, he just all of a sudden just kind of twists and you're going, okay, wasn't looking for that one to come right back at me, but there it is. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you just told me is quite true. I would imagine there's a space between this and the next comment. Don't you think? And there might even been some words back and forth that weren't written down by John. John's not there. The Holy Spirit has to give him later uh, what, what the Holy Spirit wants him to write down. I, I think the Holy Spirit decided, ah, oh, we don't want to write that. <laughs> Let's leave that one off. Uh, and so there's a little gap there. Um, is he trying to be purposely harmful to her? No, he's trying to sell her, you need this. 
you need what I'm offering you. Have you had people that you've tried to love that they just will not accept it? And they go on to tragedy after tragedy after loss after tragedy. You're going, you need to pay attention. You need to turn here. What's another word for turning away? Repent. You, you, you need to. <sighs> Sir, she said, I can see you're a prophet. In other words, you've got some inside information. So is she going to say, help me with this new gift? Nope, she's going to deliver another Samaritan versus Jews dig. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. By the way, it's not that cut and dried. If you ever read the Old Testament, settling upon where to worship was, was somewhat of an issue. Um, and there was not always unanimity. And that woman, Jesus replies, and I will stop again. If I look at somebody in the airport and go, woman, that's not the start of a good conversation, right? Back here, it was. It was like saying, ma'am, you know, honored lady. It, it, was a, it was an acknowledgement of status, of validation, to use Naomi Fields' um, word. Believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. I want you to stop. This was a hanging curveball. Opening day was this last week. You should know what this means. This is a hanging curveball. This is one of the easiest questions for Jesus to totally demolish that he, she could have ever lobbed across the plate. And he didn't answer it. Because he would listen carefully. He wasn't interested in winning the argument. He wanted to win her. And if he's not always interested in winning the argument, maybe we should back away from it and win the people instead. Um, got somebody right now that's arguing with me repeatedly via Facebook Messenger. I don't use Facebook Messenger, but I've left this one channel open because so far I'm making zero progress on the, we, we don't have to agree here to get along, but I'm gonna keep going because uh, they live far away, they can't find me. Because um, I don't stand out in Tennessee in any way. Um, he does go, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Now, he's, gonna, he's not going to fight about the mountain, but he's going to say, you do need to be listening to the Jews. I would submit we do too. I'm sorry, but you just cannot understand the New Testament unless you understand the Old. Unless you are proficient with the Psalms and unless you understand the journey, you really, you're going to miss so much of what Paul says. And you're going to miss some of these tricks with words that Jesus used. And I, I use trick not as in being uh, deceitful, but in word play that has big meaning to them. You're going to miss all of this. You're going to miss the importance of Lent and Passover. And, you know, listen to the Jews. I've, I've found some amazing wisdom from rabbis. He goes, yet a time is coming and now has come. He's sitting right there. 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father speaks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. In other words, it doesn't matter what mountain you are, it matters what heart you have. How does that change religious arguments between churches now? It doesn't matter what song you sing, it matters what heart you have. It doesn't matter how you organize your worship, it matters the heart you have. It doesn't, you know, we could keep doing this, right? Jesus is saying, listen, mountains are passe because I'm here now. You don't have to climb up to see me. He came down to our world rather than making us, make us enter his. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Boom. You know, I've, I'm, I'm 62 years old. I've read this thousands of times. I got chills. I got chills. I've come for you. I'm looking for you. I'm offering myself to you. All the gifts I have. You don't have to go on a mountain. The mountain came to you. Wow. That's staggering, isn't it? This is, um, and, and Breton, we'd say gobsmacked. Um, you, do you, you don't do um, Speechless. But come on, people, gobsmacked is so much nicer. You gotta use that. It's cool. It's cool. You'll say the table's uneven. No, it isn't. It's shugly. Well, so you bet shugly. Come on. Anyway, um, God, heaven has come down. Remember the old hem? Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. That's what happened right here. This was an atom bomb going off. And it was also the first time Jesus told anybody who he was. And he waited to find a homeless Samaritan woman who'd been divorced five times, was living with another guy, and that the other women didn't like enough to go get water with her. So the next time you think, you know, I don't know how Jesus could love me. Seriously? Can you outdo this? And he hunted her down. Yes, please. It's interesting that the first one to announce who he was is Anna. And mm -hmm. now he, he now tells a woman who he is for the first time. And the first one to speak of, of Jesus is, on foreign land right. mm -hmm. is a woman. Is Anna. There's another thing in Genesis. Oh, I thought you were going to do one more, so hang on to the other oh, thing. Go ahead. The first one to announce the risen Lord That's right. was a woman. Yes. All right, go ahead. And, and in Genesis 11, when God's uh, in Tower of Babel uh, confused the languages, just, you know, I need, we need to talk to him about that one day when we're on the other side, because one of the greatest things about the new heaven and new earth is we will all be one. There won't be any differences in mm -hmm. among us. Every language, kindred, tribe, and tongue, and remove all of the difference. Think, think to what to what extent this very issue accounts for the trouble in the whole world today, and has for all the thousands of years. It does. Jeff Jeff Foxworthy has a famous line where he says that uh, as soon as anybody hears a southern accent, they deduct ten IQ points or something like this. And he he's saying, you know, we're 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 not dumb, you know. And he talked. What if you get up to heaven? 
and I can't do it like Jeff, but, um, you know, and he says, you know, Peter's up there saying, y'all get in the truck or go in the big house. He goes, you know, what, what are you going to do? And my thought is, you should be prepared for Peter to go, oh, right there, yeah, let's have a wee walk up there. Because, is it not true, every Bible movie, the people have British accents. <laughs> and on that, it's 11.45, we must end. <laughs> but we will come back and join us in two weeks. I have to be away next week, Lord willing, uh, all the way up northwest Canada on Vancouver Island. The churches there uh, have a, uh, a family retreat in the woods where Bigfoot is. And uh, they've, they, uh, I was up there two years ago. They've asked me to come back. So uh, I'll be up there. My traveling days are a little bit more than they used to be, but not near what they were. But the fact is, as I age, we're going to need to be hearing from other people uh, as the church continues to use water from another time. Cheerio, flee, run away. <laughs>